Are you looking to expand your brand this year? Want to make your business stand out above the rest? Well, there's no better way to grow than with your own podcast. Whether you're an entrepreneur, a solopreneur, a small business, or a massive company, you need a podcast in 2024. Podcast Plus is an easy and efficient way for you and your brand to join the podcast revolution. There's no better way to position your company as the go-to authority than with a podcast that showcases your industry knowledge, insights, and expertise. The studios at Podcast Plus are state-of-the-art with top-of-the-line production quality. And if you're just starting out, Podcast Plus offers professional script writing, editing magic, and can conceptualize your show, create your cover art, and get you ready to stream on all major platforms. We'll market your podcast as well, showcasing it on radio stations and digital streams across the country. Expand, enhance, and extend your company and brand and reach potential clients and customers 24-7. Find out more at podcast with the K, P-L-U-S.com. That's podcast with the K, P-L-U-S.com. Lights go down. The paranormal comes alive. We go deep into topics the lamestream media won't dare touch. From the cold, dark depths of a secret dungeon, deep in the remote Pacific Northwest, you're traveling somewhere between abnormal and paranormal into the paranormal. We go into the strange with some of the most fascinating, some of the most terrifying, and some of the most mystifying stories of the strange on record. Welcome from the cold, dark depths of a secret dungeon somewhere deep in the remote Pacific Northwest. I am Jeremy Scott. My guest tonight on the program is Michael H. Brown. He's the author of 29 books on everything from the mafia to the search for the first anatomically modern human woman using DNA. His latest is Lying Wonders, Strangest Things, the Most Amazing Phenomena in the World. Michael, it's a pleasure to have you on the program. Pleasure to be with you, Jeremy. So uh, I'm interested in how you came to collect such uh, a strange collection of stories. Well, I've been interested in the, in the uh, paranormal since I was a kid. I, I collected UFO information back in the mid-60s. I, I had a huge project going on for years. Um, and I used to, I became a, a newspaper reporter and, uh, I, I write stories on alleged haunted houses and so forth. Uh, my first book, uh, which came out in 1976 was on psychokinesis. As a matter of fact, it was the first book ever written solely on psychokinesis, you know, the power of the mind to affect uh, physical objects. Sure. And I, you know, and, uh, uh, when I was a kid, I used to read Stranger Than Science and reread it, you know, that book by Frank Edwards, who was a radio broadcaster, and uh, it was a big bestseller of all these strange stories from around the world, and I just decided a couple of years ago to to uh, to kind of update things and find my own, and, uh, and I think they're even stranger because of all the information now available, so that's uh, kind of in a nutshell, uh, how I came to be, uh, how I came to this point. Any inspiration from that hit Netflix show? Um, uh, no, I've never seen it. Um, oh, you Michael, know, I, Michael, you got to start now. 
Okay. I, I've never seen it. Uh, the strange, using the terms uh, uh, strangest things comes from the Frank Edwards book. Um, I was, but, uh, but they call theirs, what is it, strange things? And, uh, stranger things, yes. Stranger things. And I certainly hear a lot about it. Um, but I'm, you know, I'm not too much for, for television. I'm more of a, a reader and an internet uh, searcher and a, and, a, and a researcher in person myself. So, uh, no, I haven't. I'm not, uh, it hasn't anything to do with that show. There's something, though, about reading something versus watching something. It opens up the mind, doesn't it, more, Michael? Well, it does. You know, I mean, it, it, it allows you to grasp certain things that you can't through reading, and reading does the same, you, uh, allowing you to grasp things in more depth than when you watch. So uh, I guess, they're, you know, they both um, have their place and they're both important. Yeah. Now, what kinds of things are we talking about here uh, in your book? Well, there is a wide range. I mean, you have everything. For, I have a story on what I think is the, a, a stranger alleged UFO crash than uh, than Roswell. I have. Um, it's in Missouri, southern Missouri. Perhaps you've done. Uh, some is that the Cape Girardeau? That's right. And you know that's that's an amazing story. Um, then you know that uh, in 1941, allegedly. There was a uh, a craft that uh, crashed about a mile south of the Cape uh, Girardeau Airport, and I was out there um, just recently. Eat the helicopter pilots in the area. I ha- happened to run into a a, a, a clutch of them at uh, a heliport, and they all were conversant with it. They all knew about it, and no one knows exactly where the crash occurred. But uh, the details, the original details, came from a um, a minister. Uh, ironically, in town, who was called out to the crash to administer last rites, allegedly to deceased uh, beings that had been in the crash. So uh, there's stories like that. There's stories on on uh, on curses. There's they're not all supernatural stories. There are some that are just incredible oddities, the oddest uh, coincidences and 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 things of that nature. There are stories of miracles. Well, I, there's a story. Uh, there are stories that get into the realm of kind of exorcism. Um, for instance, a young boy in the Philippines um, named Cornelio uh, Closa, who in 1952 became possessed uh, after seeing the apparition of a what he described as a beautiful young woman, and his whole personality changed. Um, and not only did it become bellicose, uh, getting into fights, causing disruptions, but soon phenomena occurred around him, including his own disappearances in front of people. It's not just that he went somewhere and they don't know where he went or he was in his room and now he's not. He, In this case, there were dozens and dozens of people, including, again, a a local exorcist called in, his parents, the teacher of his class, his entire classroom, saw him disappear on a number of occasions right in front of their eyes. And later on, he went to a, he went to a uh, service by, by a, uh, a uh, preacher, and he happened to come out of it. It turned out that he saw this beautiful young woman turn into this ugly, demonic uh, creature. And uh, like I said, that was the end of that episode. But there's stories like that. There's stories on a strange hotel in 
in uh, L.A. that uh, where real peculiar things uh, have gone on for for many years, including stra- very strange deaths and uh, uh, a panoply, I guess you'd say. There's a, there's a chapter in the book on on a uh, novel, or actually several novels that are more than a hundred years old, and really specifically predicted Donald Trump, including by by his name, by the name Trump. And this is all documented. It's uh, you know, there's there's even been stories lately in the mainstream media about these novels um, written by a lawyer in the, at the end of the 1800s. So. There are all, all those kinds of stories, um, um, a little bit on mutilated things like mutilated cows. You know the whole, the kind of the whole range, living fossils, uh, uh, it, it reports of relic uh, dinosaurs and and other type of creatures in various parts of the world, uh, pterodactyls in the in the in New Guinea and so forth. So um, I guess it goes to many places and. Uh, yeah, some ghost stories, of course, more of those, and dolls that uh, seem possessed. So you got a wide range here, and I try to keep them brief to the point like Frank Edwards did in his, his book back in the 50s. So, yeah, basically uh, your book covers everything. I want to go back to uh, where we started, which was the uh, Cape Girardeau UFO crash, because that happened in the spring of – 1941, which was, you know, six years uh, predating Roswell. And, um, you know, from the evidence that is there, this this seems to be um, not an urban legend. You know, I I don't. You got this Reverend William uh, Huffman, uh, William Guy Huffman, Sr., if you want to get technical. And it was, I guess, Holy Saturday in 1941 when he was when the police called up and said he, they needed him for what seemed like a crash of a of a small plane when he got out out, out there he's shocked to see a, a disc there in flames and there are these small entities around it uh, one of the uh, several of them one seemed to still be gasping uh, for for breath uh, it might be near I you know like Scott City um, at Chaffee or, or Scott City somewhere near near route 62 um, he came back and he told his family, two sons and a, and a wife, he said, I'm only going to tell you this once and then I'm never going to speak of this again. And he described this scene of locals running to it. And there was police and firemen trying to put out the fire. He said he glimpsed into the disc, into the craft, and it had like higher hieroglyphic like uh, uh markings inside um there were it was seamless uh no rivets or anything inside uh, very smooth interior otherworldly and um he described the entities that were outside the craft and and deceased as as your classic gray aliens and this is again and like you emphasized back in 1941 um, before UFOs were a national cra- craze uh, sparked by Kenneth Arnold and Mount Rainier. But uh, there were others, too. There was a fire chief who, on his deathbed, said that what you know Reverend Huffman uh, had told his family was true. It, it, his, his granddaughter later on gave these details, uh, I think, in the late 1970s, and that's why we know about it. But... Uh, 
I don't know. You know, how does this stuff come out of whole cloth? It, it seems like something went on there near Route 62, south of the Cape Girardeau Airport. And so this thing basically uh, came down. Uh, people thought it was a plane. Uh, it crashed. Uh, it was, you know, the classic silver round disc and uh, started uh, started a fire, actually. Yeah, that's right. I mean, it uh, it was there was a fire there. Huffman said that, uh, in short order, there were military uh, folks around, both in uh, uniform as well as, as suits. And they made it very clear that there would be tremendous repercussions if anyone talked about it. Um, what's particularly interesting is that uh, a few years later, another preacher, this time from the Midwest, was in Washington visiting his cousin, who happened to be at the time uh, Secretary of State. And he claimed that this cousin of his took him. Uh, this was this 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 preacher was named Turner Holt, and his cousin was Cordell Hull. And uh, he said, uh, you know, his he, he his cousin wanted to get his impression of something that was in a sub basement of the Capitol in Washington, where in a secured uh, storage room. He claimed he was shown a metallic-like wreck that fit descriptions of what allegedly transpired in, in Missouri in, in 1941, and he, too, kept it a secret except for, for his closest relatives. So, very intriguing story, you know. We know Roswell, of course, they think the wreckage uh, and evidence was taken first to Dallas and then Wright Patter, uh, Patterson and then maybe Area 51 in, in, uh, in Nevada. But uh, this case is certainly intriguing, And but, you know, it's a blind alley because there just ain't many people alive who knew anything about it. And I want to know what your theory is, you know, on on because there, you know, there was one uh, apparently of these beings that was dead, uh, apparently on impact. Another that appeared to be dying um, yet couldn't breathe. And I'm wondering if you think maybe there's something going on where when they fly into Earth's atmosphere, maybe um you know, maybe they're affected differently than when they're, you know, flying uh, high above the Earth. I don't know, because you have, the, you know, you nearly had the same template occur in Roswell Inn, where you had uh, creatures who were dead around a craft, the disc, disc-shaped again, and also on the, on the plane of uh, San Augustine out there around the same time in 1947, in, in uh, what, early July of 1947, again, several dead entities, so maybe it's atmospheric, or uh, if, if these are true accounts, or, or um, just from the impact of, of uh, whatever it is uh, may have down these alleged craft. It's, uh, UFOs are <clears throat> an amazing topic because uh, many of them, in my estimation, are spiritual phenomena. Um, they're like the orbs people report at cemeteries. But uh, in cases like this, when where people claim to have seen something with physicality, well, it, it takes you back. Uh, it takes you back, and you look, and you, and you, you know, you, you just try to, you, you just wonder what the government does know. You know, if I think I was the extraterrestrial race, that I would be, you know, more advanced than say the the human race. Yet back at the time of this crash. Um, 
there were some wires uh, inside that would indicate that they had something to do with the design of this craft. And I guess I would I would assume that the extraterrestrials would be far more sophisticated than that, although they may be present day. You know, who knows? I, I, I don't know. I don't know how they would look upon us. The, uh, the confusing thing about UFOs is how many different types of creatures are claimed, um, how it often ties into spiritual phenomena. You'll hear of UFOs above old Indian burial mounds or other ritual-type places. Uh, uh, you'll, you'll hear reports of them where Bigfoot is also seen, or the Loch Ness Monster, uh, you know, uh, so-called monster. Um, why? Why is there connection? You know, why is there often the odor of, uh, of burnt sulfur uh, in both uh, UFO cases and Bigfoot cases and so forth? So you have to you have to wonder if a lot of these are not uh, spiritual phenomena and and spiritual deceptions. Um, look at how many types of craft are reported. I mean, there's a tremendous range. So if if that many different civilizations were visiting Earth, I mean, would they really all uh, obey the command not to interfere with us? Um, you know, wouldn't some of them be uh, perhaps wayward? Um, wouldn't they leave a little more litter? Uh, I know that the military can be very tight with things, but to be honest with you, I think the military is is and the government is dumbfounded by a lot of this and and doesn't know how to evaluate it. And I also have to uh, submit for your consideration that if there have been so many crashes, and of course there's others alleged in various parts of the world, not just the U.S., um, where's the physical evidence? Where, where is it? I mean, I find it hard to believe that the government, that, you know, it could be covered up that completely everywhere in the world. So, um, I don't know, you know, I don't know what to make of uh, of the vast majority of this. I just know that, like a, um, you know, famous philosopher, uh, Haldane once said, he said, the universe is not only stranger than we imagine, it's stranger than we can imagine. Yet here's the government, here's the military trying to cover this up, which speaks to the authenticity that there was something going on here. It does, um, unless, like you take Roswell, you know, um, the explanation that it was Project uh, Mogul, you know, that it was a a crash of a train of monitoring balloons, uh, atmospheric balloons that were in a, in a secret, pro- top secret project of the Air Force to monitor radiation levels coming from what was the Soviet Union. Um and you know the military is they're, they're they are very tight with with information like that, and so you can imagine that, but what about these small entities that are seen around the desk? Um, some people have said that they that they were using dwarfs or midgets of uh, even p o w s from japan that's why the uh, after the war that's why the slanty eyes. You know, it can it can get pretty far afield. Um, uh, I don't know, but certainly the government, until recently, has not uh, been very interested in uh, in speaking about it. You have a story running as we speak 
uh, about a North Carolina congressman, uh, Mark Walker, and he came out and he is he he is complaining. He's accusing the Navy of withholding information. About, Warner, uh, Mark Warner. Uh, uh, this is okay. Then they have this uh, wrong here in Politico. They they're saying Mark Walker of North Carolina, and that he asked Secretary uh, uh, Richard Spencer in July to outline you know, exactly what the Navy is dedicating to investigating what they call unidentified aerial phenomena. Um, but it was very interesting in that, uh, it was very interesting in that report because you read in it, it's in the political report, that, that, that the Pentagon uh, financed a, a series of theoretical studies trying to explain how the a- aircraft might operate and one of them was entitled Detection and High-Resolution Tracking of Vehicles at Hypersonic Velocities. And the, another one, even more intriguingly, was entitled Warp Drive, Dark Energy, and the Manipulation of Extra Dimensions. Uh, th- these, are, these are Pentagon documents. So, uh, yeah, I'd, you know, you have all of these presidents or presidential candidates promising to get to the bottom of things, but... Uh, I, they don't seem to make much headway. Well, I actually got to say that that you're actually on top of it more than I am because this is a story that's broken within the last uh, 24 hours or so. And you're right. It is Representative Mark Walker of North Carol, uh, Carolina. But back in June, uh, there was a story of Senator Mark Warner, not to be confused with Senator Mark Walker. Uh, Warner is uh, a, a senator from Virginia, and he was quoted in the report from June regarding the classified Pentagon briefing that was held on this subject. Nonetheless, uh, we certainly have a case here where the government seems to be um, more interested in this. 90 seconds until we hit our break here. Um, we mentioned the evidence and where the wreckage may have gone. Uh, not Area 51 by all accounts, but more likely at Wright Patterson. Right, Michael? Yes, although some people claim that after um, Wright-Patterson, it went to Area 51 where there were these alleged projects to try to back-engineer, reverse-engineer, I guess is the term they use. Who knows? You know, Area 51, um, interesting. Is there anything behind it? I have no idea. Um, The CIA took it over in 1955 to develop the U-2 and that's another. That's certainly reason enough for it to be top secret. But you know, there, where there's smoke, there's often fire, and there's just so much, um, so much smoke about Area 51, if you want to call it that, or Groom Lake, I think, is the official uh, name for the area. And uh, you know, who knows? You've got these people like uh, Lazar, who, who have claimed to been part of projects to back engineer these these uh these craft that were uh, that were wreckage that were at places like roswell and the plain of san uh, augustine and maybe missouri near cape Girardeau back in 1941 i don't know is there anything behind area 51 it certainly seems like there might be or maybe we just have a bunch of unaf- uninformed uh an uninformed populace who still thinks that they're going to find some evidence there minimum 30 years too late from the cold dark depths of a secret dungeon somewhere deep in the remote pacific northwest i'm jeremy scott with michael h brown lying wonders strangest things on into the paranormal don't venture too far 
you might not make it back into the pair of normal. Abnormal News. I'm Brad Bernards. NASA has issued a warning over a massive asteroid that's expected to skim past Earth. This asteroid is so immense it's nearly twice the height of the 1,250-foot-tall Empire State Building. It's expected to whiz by our blue planet on September 14th, according to the Center for Near-Earth Object Studies, a part of the Jet Propulsion Laboratory in Pasadena, California. The space agency says that in space terms, it'll be a close call. Asteroid 2000 QW7 will be going over 14,000 miles per hour as it zooms by Earth, and even though it's considered a near-Earth object, it will still be quite far away. Asteroids and other space materials are considered near-Earth objects if they pass within 1.3 astronomical units of our planet, an astronomical unit being the distance from Earth to the Sun. Just like Earth, asteroid 2000 QW7 orbits the Sun. However, it only sporadically crosses paths with the Earth. The last time it approached our planet was September 1st, 2000. After September 14th, the next time it's expected to pass by is October 19th, 2038, according to the Jet Propulsion Laboratory. We learn from our personal interaction with the world, and our memories of those experiences help guide our behaviors. Experience and memory are inexorably linked, or at least they seem to be, before a recent report on the formation of completely artificial memories. Using laboratory animals, investigators reverse-engineered a specific natural memory by mapping the brain circuits underlying its formation. Then they trained another animal by stimulating brain cells in the pattern of the natural memory. Doing so created an artificial memory that was retained and recalled in a manner indistinguishable from a natural one, according to a report in Scientific American. This showed that the animals did not need to actually experience the event to remember a connection. Creating artificial memories brings us closer to learning how memories form and could ultimately help us understand and treat dreadful diseases such as Alzheimer's. Memories, however, cut to the core of our humanity, and we need to be vigilant that any manipulations are approached ethically. Interact with these stories at parabnormalradio.com. I'm Brad Bernard's Parabnormal News. Deep in the remote Pacific Northwest, you're traveling into the paranormal with Jeremy Scott. September 20th, about 3 in the morning. Well, I think millions now say that they're interested in attending how many actually turn out. Uh, There's another event in the area as well, I, I understand. So this is just really ballooned. Uh, into something that I think the original creator didn't even envision. 
Although there was some uh, weird activity of late going on at Area 51, uh, which my friend Ty Rogaway over at the War Zone um, reported on a couple of weeks ago. What was some of that activity uh, going on, Michael? Well, I'm not sure. I mean, it seemed like the the military was getting ready for anyone coming there. I mean, when you have a million and a half people responding to what I think started as like a social media joke to storm Area 51. But um, I don't know, were they removing anything from there in case uh, or bolstering their security? Uh, again, I, I, I don't know, and I, I you know, haven't been, uh, I wasn't out there, um, but who knows you know there's there's just there is just so much deep deep secrecy i don't even know what they would label the secrecy around some parts of the groom lake uh, uh facility and it's and by the way area 51 you i'm sure you know is not really any official uh terminology they it was used once i think in official documents um it might be an atomic energy commission numbering grid for the uh for the area the nevada test uh, test range there but uh i you know i who knows what they're doing in there i, I there have been uh, as you know a couple other people who have who have been insiders and, and claim various things but it just and 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 passing uh, lie detector tests several times is, can be very uh, impressive uh, you know to do, faulty as those can be um something's going something certainly is going on there i i i personally think it must go beyond just the stealth bomber and next and next generation um uh, fighters that we're building there are certain other things and uh, one, one can imagine why the the military doesn't uh, doesn't share this even with perhaps with presidents, because presidents can only be there for for four years, and uh, and this is <laughs> perhaps uh, beyond anything a president can even get to the bottom of. We know that that um, Jimmy Carter and Ronald Reagan uh, said they had seen UFOs, and they didn't just glimpse uh, they didn't even just glimpse something very uh, briefly. In the case of uh, Jimmy Carter, when he was he was governor. I mean, I think it was 1969. He was speaking at a uh, something like a Lions Club event. He, he viewed a, he viewed a, an object in the sky with a dozen other people for 15 minutes and, and described in detail the color, the the way it changed colors and and so forth. Uh, Ronald Reagan saw one as he was flying into Bakerfield. I think it was. Um, uh, shortly after that, he was uh, governor at the time also, and, and he and a pilot and other people with him were staring at, out the window at this object that was acting in a way that no human-built object could. But, uh, you know, Reagan couldn't get to the bottom of it. Jimmy Carter didn't get to the bottom of it. Bill Clinton said he was going to get to the bottom of it uh, and even mentioned Area 51, but he, we didn't see anything come out there. His wife, Hillary, then vowed the same thing. Trump mentioned it, um, but uh, nothing, nada. And so uh, I think that the presidents are in the dark as much as we are. One of the most um, suspicious indicators that there could still be some activity going on at Area 51 
is the fact that uh, Janet Airlines is still flying folks from the Las Vegas airport to, quote, Area 51. And uh, these people who were on these flights, well, you can't buy a ticket, number one, uh, and these people who were on the flights uh, are not allowed to uh, tell people uh, what they do. Uh, this and, and this is really going on right now. Um, it seems very similar to the Bob Lazar story where he said that he was, you know, taken to one area and then taken to another. And, of course, we know that was S4 and uh, Groom Lake. Uh, why might these flights still be happening if there wasn't something going on? Something must be going on. I mean, you leave early in the morning sometimes. Uh, I mean, this is a flight that's, what, 80 miles? Um, and yet, you know, it's it's uh, they don't just uh, taxi you in a bus over there. They're and they're they're very meticulous. Yeah, a lot of these guys come back so late, can't talk to their own wives about what they're doing. Causes a lot of tension in their marriages. There there have been uh, marital split ups over Area 51. Um, so, you know. Certainly things are going on there that are different. Is it related to the Phoenix Lights? Uh, you know, is it, uh, is it re- related, like we've been talking about, to the various alleged wreckage? Uh, I don't know. I, 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 and, and Wright Patterson, I think that there are stories to be told from there, maybe even more than Area 51 there near Dayton, uh, Ohio, um, where Project Blue Book was based, at least for quite a while, and uh, again, where where alleged aliens were taken, recovered from various um, crash alleged crash sites. So, uh, Rudd Patterson, I actually find in in some ways to be more intriguing. But this Area 51 is still going on, and uh, it's going to be interesting in a few weeks to see the upshot of all this because there's going to be a lot of mainstream media attention on it for the first time ever at a level the highest level anyway, ever. Well, interesting you should say that because that's what our program will be on next week about Wright Patterson and about what really goes on there. My guest is Michael H. Brown, and the title of his new book is Lying Wonders, Strangest Things, the Most Amazing Phenomena in the World. And I think folks might have... uh, might not be clear on what the term lying wonders entails. Can you uh, explain that? Sure, I can. Um, you know, I, as, I think a lot of these things, whether it's uh, Bigfoot, you know, cryptids, whatever you want to call them, uh, uh, in a realm of cryptozoology, whether it's uh, in a realm of ufology, um, and, and so forth, uh, can be in ghosts and so forth can be lying wonders from the dark side, from evil, from, from, uh, from demonic uh, sources. And, and I think that's why you have to be very careful with it. I, I used to investigate haunted houses. I used to, you know, I've met Uri Geller. I was in his apartment when there was a teleportation um, back in the mid-1970s as a newspaper reporter. Um, I know that this phenomena exist. But, uh, you know, where's it coming from? Uri Geller claimed to be in touch with, you know, entities uh, uh, millions of years or hundreds of thousands of years into into the future that were coming back in time. Uh, He was followed by a a UFO when he was a kid. 
So there's a uh, now he's a psychic, of course. Uh, a lot of people claim he's a a fraud. Uh, I don't believe that uh, he's he's totally fraudulent. He may have done trickery on occasion, but I know that he's done things, including for me, that are beyond the scope of magic, of stage magic. Um, and I can talk a little bit about that if uh, if you want. I'm not going to uh, uh, do that well, at the us- moment, but. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Once you're once you're once you're uh, finished with this, uh, tell us about you know what it is you personally witnessed. Okay. Well, I'd like to. Um, I, again, this is like in 1975 uh, for that book on psychokinesis. I had been the physics laboratory at Kent State University, the Smith Hall of of Physics, uh, and I was doing research about a a physicist there named Doctor. Uh, not Wilbur uh, Wright, and he had uh, he had analyzed a platinum ring that Geller had caused to split without touching. It had been held in uh, by a Stanford Research Institute scientist, and Geller simply put his hand over the scientist's hand, and when the scientist opened his hand up, his platinum wedding band was split. So, uh, excuse me, uh, so, Dr. Franklin, I don't know where I'm getting right. I'm getting right, right is on my mind because they're both in Ohio. But Dr. Wilbur Franklin took the fracture surface under, under uh, an electron microscope, and he found an absolutely stunning, inexplicable effect. That is, that on the same fracture surface, there, was, there were signs of, inci- there were, indications of incipient melting of the metal juxtaposed adjacent to an area of the fracture surface that showed an effect that could only be accomplished at, at close to absolute zero. There is no, to this day, there's no, there's no one who could duplicate that, let alone a stage uh, magician. And yet you got all these, you know, when I was with Geller, before I went to see Geller, I happened to be talking to um, Milbourne Christopher, who was a, a major magician. He was known as the as the magician with the most expertise in occult magic, ledger domain, trickery. And he didn't believe any of the psychic stuff, uh, any of the ghost stuff. And I told him I was going to see Geller. And he said, well, I can tell you something to do with Geller that can't be a trick. And I was all ears. I, I, I said, what, what should I do? He said, you go to see Geller. He's going he's gonna to tell you to envision an object or something and then draw it. He said, it's easy. He's just he's going to sneak a peek or he's going to read the top of your pen as you're, as you're drawing whatever you, you, know, you see in your mind. And then he's going to recreate it. He says, that's easy to do. He said, let me tell you something that no magician could do. He said, tell Geller that you'll be the one who draws it. You, uh, that, uh, excuse me, sends it. You tell him to draw what you're thinking and, uh, and, and so forth. So we did both ways. And what was amazing when we did it with Geller as the sender is that after Geller imagined an object in his his mind, he gave me the piece of paper he drew. Obviously, I wasn't I didn't know how to read the top of his pen. I don't know what he was doing. He gave it to me. I folded it. I put it under my leg like Christopher told me to do. 
And then I shut my eyes, and Geller sent me the image he was thinking of. I immediately, Jeremy, immediately saw a Christmas tree with three ridges on each side, formed as if by lightning. And I, I remember that near the, on the right side, the trunk was detached from the rest of the Christmas tree. That I saw it immediately. I reached under my, my uh, leg for the piece of paper he had given me, and it's exactly what he had drawn. So there was no, there's, and, and then shortly after that, it's inexplicable. You, you can't, there, there is no uh, scientific or magic uh, explanation for that. And, and during that same interview, all of a sudden, there was this loud crash in his apartment. At the time, he lived on the Upper East Side of New York, of Manhattan. And uh, he jumped up, I jumped up, ran over. It was this beautiful antique wood chessboard that a rock had, had flown in and crashed into. And he starts jumping up and down. See, these things happen all the time. He says, people don't believe me. And I know I was looking right at him. He didn't throw anything, but I wondered if somebody was hiding in the apartment. So I said, you know, I'm, excuse me for doing this, but can I search your apartment? And he says, go ahead. And I, I looked in the closets. I looked all over. Uh, here's an object that looked like a small, com uh, like a small tiny uh, meteorite or something. It was poor. It, it was porous. It had flown in and marked this beautiful chessboard. Why would he, even if he could have tossed it, which he couldn't have, I was watching him when this bang occurred, why, why would he go and damage a very expensive chessboard to impress a guy who was, a, at the time, a local newspaper reporter? Um, so, I, you know, I think stuff was going on with Geller a lot more than what we have time for. But uh, something very paranormal certainly was operating and probably is operating with Geller. The question is, is it a lying deception? Are these UFOs he says he's involved in, are they just spirits playing a game with him? When we're talking about some of the stranger or the strangest things, uh, you want to maybe pick one uh, for us here that we haven't touched on yet? Well, you know, there there really are so many, but uh, you know, I I guess I guess when I think of of uh, really strange things, I think of things like dolls at various museums, whether in Key West or up in Canada, that seem to be possessed. You know, you don't really think of an object being possessed. Um, I, I guess I I think of a village. Uh, in Bosnia, Herzegovina, where there, I've been to now eight or nine times where all of these incredible miracles have occurred. I've seen things in the sky that are just incredible there at, uh, at Medjugorje. Um, you know, I, there are so many, it's hard to pin one down. I, I saw recently a, a Bible that oil is coming out of this thing. You know, I have held statues as oil is coming out of them, and yet they're hollow statues. I've been able to hold them while this is happening. There's no hoses in them. Um, there was a woman who predicted 9-11 in tremendous detail to me before it occurred. We, I have a website, and spiritdaily.com, and I had her prediction as the headline three times before 9-11 occurred. Um and it was very interesting because after 9-11 did occur, I called her. She's from Venezuela. 
And I said, well, now who's behind this? It was just the day after 9-11, and no one knew. Was it Hamas, uh, uh, Hezbollah? Who, you know, no one heard of al-Qaeda back then or, or anything. And she told me, behind this is a, lion, is a, uh, is a roaring lion, uh, a roaring lion. And when my, uh, my wife, a few days after that, or a few weeks after that, happened to be looking at a book of, or a website of etym- ent- etymology, you know, the origin of names, and uh, she put Osama in there, and there it was, Roaring Lion. So, uh, you know, there's amazing stories like this. There's, there's more stuff on, uh, on Geller. There's, there's stuff on rock stars and UFOs, you know. Elvis, uh, from Elvis Presley to John Lennon to Garcia and the Grateful Dead and so forth. It's amazing how many rock stars uh, claim close encounters of the inexplicable, uh, inexplicable t- uh, kind. And uh, I think one of the creepiest, to be frank about it, was when these physicists out in California who were working on a CIA project, CIA admits it, but it was that they had a, a project in psychic phenomena in conjunction with Stanford Research Institute. And, um, and at one point, there was this apparition that occurred to the scientist and, and the, case, the CIA caseworker that was like this, this phantom man dressed in black um, who kind of barged into their meeting, walked around, and, uh, and then just vanished. They 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 couldn't find where he had gone, even though they searched all over the place. So um, all kinds of stuff like that in in, uh, in lying wonders, strangest things, including the story of a doll, uh, a haunted doll. I I imagine that uh, has the ability to uh, send text messages, uh, which is creepy uh, in and of itself. Well, you know, at least at least on one occasion, because I interviewed the. Uh, I interviewed a woman who who uh, who became the curator of the museum, and as, as, you know, there are all these accounts on on a doll that uh, that would move around. People find it in a different place. Be careful with it. This thing is bizarre, and so forth. And when she started her job, I, again, I she told me this. Um, uh, she told me that when that uh, when she was on her way to the new job. She hadn't given any, she had just gotten a new cell phone, hadn't given anyone the number. And uh, there was supposedly a doll there. I, I believe its name was Mandy. This is in British Columbia. And, yeah, and uh, at any rate, uh, she said that uh, after Mandy, when she was on her way to this museum that had an exhibit on Mandy, um, all of a sudden she got this uh, this this text that just said, there was an X, and then it said Mandy. It was signed Mandy. And she's, what? It was kind of indecipherable, but uh, why would it have the name of this doll? Who possibly could know her cell number? <laughs> did this? Did a spirit text her? Um, and as we know, Jeremy, uh, spirits, spirits are not bound by time or space. So, uh, again, can they inhabit an object? Sure. And uh, I believe they have. I think, like I said, it's also a case and very compelling case in Key West. I advise people to stay clear of this stuff because uh, uh, a lot of people who are involved with these, quote, haunted dolls, unquote, especially at museums, then encounter a series of unfortunate events, if you will. 
got to be careful with this stuff. I know that the hard way. Got to be very, very careful with it. Oh, did something happen to you? I've had a number of things happen to me. I, I, when I was in, when I started out really investigating that first book, PK, a report on psychokinesis, I ended up even doing a story for the Land Monthly on psychokinesis. But at any rate, I was uh, stupid enough to be going into haunted houses and using a Ouija board to try to see what spirit was there. No. Yeah. Well, you know, I was in my 20s, <laughs> stupid, and very stupid. And in one case, uh, on Oak Street in Binghamton, New York, we went to quote, haunted apartment, unquote. I say we, there was a professor from the State University working with me. And uh, all of a sudden, the temperature lowered in the room, and and I was just thrown, thrown across the room. Uh, he said, all of a sudden, I just found myself across the room. He said it was like some just picked me up and whisked me right right across the room. Uh, I could go on with accounts like that, but uh, you know, and that's why personally, I I take a Christian approach to it because I think you have to be extremely careful with these things, and they'll play with you, they will lie to you, they're extremely deceiving, and and they can make themselves look like an alien, or a Loch Ness monster, or a Bigfoot, or any such thing. So. Maybe there really are cryptids that are physiological. I don't know. But uh, I'm virtually certain there are some that are mirages from the spiritual side. So uh, do you think that uh, some of this stuff, maybe most of this stuff, is connected in some way? Yes, I do. Um, I'm at a loss in, in many cases to tell you how. Like I said, I can't, I can't fit in physical wreckage with spiritual phenomena in most cases. Um, so if those cases are true, I'm dumbfounded. But in, in just so many, in so many of these UFO cases, like you take Irigo, the surgeon of the rusty knife, the miraculous healer uh, down in South America, uh, there were UFOs over him. You know, why? So he was like a spirit medium. Uh, there seemed to be a lot of connections. Michael, thank you so much for coming on the program. Lying wonders, strangest things, the most amazing phenomena in the world is the title of his book and his website, spiritdaily.com. Best to you, Michael. Best to you. Thank you for having me. Oh, it's my pleasure. And friends, from the cold, dark depths of a secret dungeon, somewhere deep in the remote Pacific Northwest, I'm Jeremy Scott. Night, night, friends. Join us today during the Jeep Celebration event. Right now, get 20% below MSRP for an average of 15178 under MSRP on the purchase of a 2023 Jeep Grand Cherokee Overland 4xe or Summit 4xe. Not compatible with lease offers or with any other consumer incentive offers. 15178 average based on 20% below average MSRP from all 2023 Grand Cherokee Overland 4xe and Summit 4xe models in dealer stock. Residency restrictions apply. Take retail delivery from dealer stock by 4-1. Jeep is a registered trademark.